Welcome to The Living Classroom, where we explore the daily living of three-stream Anglicanism. I'm your host, Alan Hughes. Welcome again to The Living Classroom. So excited to be here with Jason today. And the aspect that we're diving into today is around sound Anglican theology. How do we understand the gospel through the Anglican tradition and how is this lived out in the life of the ecclesia, the church? Why is it important? And so um, we're going to do a little introductory uh, discussion um, around why we think it's important, what we understand Anglican theology to be, how it's biblical, and how do we apply it in our lives. So we are going to jump in. And so um, Jason, my, my first question for you is, is this, what drew you into Anglican theology? You're a theologian, you've been studying, and there had to be some sort of concepts or ideas that caught your attention that uh, resonated with your heart and mind. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, what a great question, Alan. Um, thanks. Yeah, what's really drawn me into Anglican theology is that it's, it's a via media. Uh, it, it's that middle way. It's it's a generously orthodox theology. It's it's really, in some ways, the best of Protestantism and Catholicism, and and it combines those two aspects in a genuinely reformed Catholicism. Um, and so it's that via media that that really drew me in. Uh, and what I what I really value about Anglican theology is that. It's, it's in some ways more, more of an academic school than a dogmatic theology as such, a school in the sort of ancient and medieval sense that has bounds. Uh, it has a subject matter, uh, the 39 articles, right. uh, in the case of Anglicanism as well as scripture, but it's, it's conversational, it's dialogical, it, it's open. Uh, it's that, that middle way uh, between Roman Catholicism and the Magisterial Reformation, uh, we might say, it, and, and in, specifically in regards to theology, it's a via media or a middle way between what, what's the more do, dogmatic approach of Roman Catholicism, Roman Catholic theology, and what we might say is the more individualist approach of Protestantism, right? That right. generally relies on uh, sort of a specific theologian, you know, a Calvin to Calvinism or Luther to Lutheranism, for example. Um, and so that that Elizabethan settlement, that that is the via media, that is... Anglican theology has really drawn me in uh, to it. Um, it it's, uh, you know, it's a theology that, that holds scripture as its ultimate authority. Um, and so it's reformational, certainly in that, in that sense, uh, right. using sola scriptura, but it's not a scriptura nuda. It's not a, a scripture without it, nothing, you know, with nothing else. It's a scripture, uh, you know, as, as Richard Hooker, who in many ways is the sort of quintessential, via media theologian, uh, if there is one, right. Uh, you know, he, he says, uh, scripture as well as reason and tradition, you know, reason and tradition, of course, being uh, subordinate to, to scripture, but, but important for, for understanding scripture. Uh, and his approach there, I, I think strikes me, uh, as a true via media. And it's really that, that, that drew me in, Alan. Yeah, I guess throughout, um, Christendom, you do see different emphasis on 
whether it's scripture or more on experience, maybe from a charismatic type background, or maybe, you know, on tradition from a Catholic background and the desire to hold those things uh, in tension in balance, obviously with scripture being that, that plumb line um, is certainly a noble pursuit. Um, it doesn't feel like we ever have the final answer that we get there, there, but that it's, it's an ongoing uh, lifetime process to me. I mean, that, that's the thing about Anglicanism that appeals to me. It doesn't put God in a box. It doesn't say here's sort of the answer to everything. And in that, that via media, that balance, um, I think that just appealed to me. Even when I, you know, decided to leave the Episcopal church in college, when I started studying theologians, what I realized was that I was theologic. I was, I was an Anglican theologian, you know, as I experienced other ones, it's like, well, that seems to be emphasizing something more than I'm willing to emphasize, or that doesn't bring into account this or that. So how did you, how did you, you know, just in your personal life, how did you step into this? When, when was that? What, what were some of those factors around you and your life? Uh, was it a young age? Is this something that's more recent? And, you know, what was the context that really kind of drew you in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it was really when I began studying theology uh, in, in, in my in undergraduate and then, and then in seminary. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I discovered theology. Well, I was taking, I was taking Bible classes in undergrad. Uh, I was studying for a ministry degree and uh, began taking a class on Augustine. Uh, and and really really discovered theology proper uh, through through my study of Augustine and you know as you know the great great Anglican theologian now Catholic Saint John Henry Newman says uh, to study history is to cease to be Protestant and uh, whereas I don't agree with him in the fullest uh, right, it, right. you know and, and he obviously uh, became Roman Catholic you know that was his conclusion there. Um, he, I agree with him, and in, in a sense that it, you know it's to cease to be solely Protestant, uh, and and it was really really then when I when I began to study the history of theology that I discovered the Catholicity of the Church and that combination of the Reformation, you know, Reformational theology with Catholicism, right, and and, and Catholic theology and tradition. Um, you know that that sola scriptura combined with tradition and reason that I that I discovered uh, when I when I began studying church history and began studying the history of theology uh, and saw in Anglicanism and in Anglican theology what seems to me to be the really really the the best way to to combine those two things right those two approaches yeah I find a lot of people aren't looking for Anglican theology, but they often find it. Mm. And I'm saying that in a simple way, but my experience is, is it's not something that's sort of well-known and sought after, but as people dive in and, and, and seek to um, understand God and understand him, you know, by using our you know mind that a lot of people sort of stumble into sort of this Anglican mindset and, uh, if stumbles the right word, I'm not sure, but I, I do notice that. Well, I think you're exactly right, Alan, and and that's because because of that 
via media that is is Anglican theology. That that really is why, because on the one hand, Anglican theology doesn't have a set of dogmas that that are listed out that you need to adhere to um, in the Roman Catholic way uh, of using dogma. And so it's it, you know there are the thirty nine articles, and, and I hope right. we talk about that. Uh, you know, so Angl- it's not to say Anglicanism or Anglican theology is not dogmatic, uh, because it, it absolutely is. But it doesn't have a set of dogmas in the way that Roman Catholicism does. And at the same time, it doesn't have a figure, as I mentioned, like Protestantism. There is no Calvin uh, for for Anglican theology. Um, you know, even Richard Her- Hooker, who I mentioned, is maybe the quintessential via media Anglican theologian. Even he is not does not play the same role that that Calvin plays in right. Calvinism or Luther plays in Lutheranism. Right. Uh, and so a- Anglican theology in some ways is harder to identify, you might say, harder to notice. It, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit less overt maybe than than say Roman Catholic theology or say Protestant theology in that way. More nuanced and it's uh, more nuanced. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's again holding tension. Um, Varying tensions instead of sort of, I think, getting it all sort of worked out is, is how I've experienced it. Yes. Let me yes. move. Let me move us on. Um, I think we 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 hit the broad concept, and I think that's great. And then I kind of want to drive this down to you know sort of into the practical application. But before we do that, let me just just how does the way we do Anglican theology or the need to um, for clergy to invest their time and energy in Anglican theology, what does Scripture say about that? For me, I'll just say, I, uh, you know, we, we're we're called to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, you know, with all of our soul, and that there really is a scriptural impetus to use our mind well, um, not not just be intellectuals. But that this is an important and, and critical part. The God wired us that way. He's created that way. That's part of the, um, you know, Imagio Day. It's part of the uh, impetus that He's put on us is to use our mind and to steward it well, um, to discover Him, to be able to talk about God, and 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 to be able to answer, you know, questions and and to even talk about the mysteries that are involved. So. For me, I, I I see that there's sort of a scriptural impetus. Um, what what are some what are, what would be a thought that jumps out to you when you think about how scripture um, supports you know this need for theology and, and Anglican theology in particular? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think ultimately, really, theology is is evangelistic, um, and and practical. And so, you know, what I, what I mean by that, you know, a quote that comes to mind is, is the famous quote of Evagrius Ponticus, the uh, a desert father. Uh, and he says, he who prays is a theologian and he who does theology truly prays. Um, and so, you know, it, it strikes me that, you know, theology and indeed Anglican theology, it's not, it's not an academic exercise solely, you know, there, there is a science to it. It is, it is, it is a scientific enterprise, but you know, at, at the same time, it, it's 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 about prayer, uh, and you know, it, it's about it's about evangelism. And so the, the the great theologian Karl Barth famously, when when asked, uh, in, I think it was in a lecture, when asked, you know, and he wrote, you know, mu- you know, multi-volume works, you know, really really complex theology, 
um, you know, theologian, theologian, you might call him. But he was asked, you know, what, how, could you, how would you sum up your theology? You know? And he said, well, I'd sum it up with the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> um, and, you know, that strikes me as just right. You know, that is, that is the sum of, of theology. That's what it's really about. It's about God's love for us in Christ. Uh, it's about Jesus. Um, and, you know, and so, so it strikes me that theology and indeed Anglican theology is about, you know, thinking about and reflecting on and witnessing to uh, God's revelation of himself to us in Christ and his, his incarnational and atoning love for us in Christ. Um, right. And so it's not, you know, it's not, it's not an academic enterprise for people, you know, sitting in an ivory tower, as it were, you know, writing about this. Um, it's, you know, it strikes me that the biblical approach to theology and Anglican theology is that it's for, it's for all of us. It's, it's very, very important. And, and I think that the challenge in the 21st century and, and probably for the last um, few hundred years is there a, a growing separation between the academy and the church and and in the one hand you, you there's a need to specialize in, in in academics at some point but when the church and the academy got seemed to be almost fully separated um i think that deep theology started to be thought of as not practical or deep theology was something that just a special group of people would do. Um, and that, you know, as, you know, the rector of a church or, uh, you know, assistant or something like that, that deep theology was, would, would be a luxury or, or something that it was, it was for other people. And um, I still believe that, you know, as we saw, you know, orthodoxy be assaulted in the uh, Episcopal Church. That that part of that was that was that separation. And you know, I think we all need to take full responsibility for that. But I sense a call that we we do need to reconnect um, as clergy with with a real with a practice and habits of of growing in deep Anglican theology and being open to um, learn um, to share. Um, to figure out ways to engage and interact um, with things. So I couldn't agree with you more in terms of, you know, the, the practicality of theology. Yes. Yeah. I, th I think, I think, you know, the church and the Academy, not least in regards to theology are, are separated to, to, you know, both, both sides detriment. Um, you know, I think you're exactly right. You know, when, you know, as the church, when we, well, when we forget about theology, I mean, Christianity becomes all, all about personal experience and feeling, you know, right. you, because then, because you're leaving out at that point, you're leaving out what God says about himself and who he reveals himself to be in Christ, because that's really the, that's the content of theology. And so when you, when you lose theology in the church, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you lose God's self-revelation. I think you're no longer reliant on that. You're no longer rooted in that, in your understanding of God. And uh, similarly, you know, in, in the academy, you know, you know, we've seen this on, on the other side. You know, we see theology being disconnected from the church, and it becomes impractical. It becomes, 
you know, you, you're studying history of religion rather than right or history of theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, which of course has its place, but it, it's you know, it's no longer theology at that point. You're no longer studying God's self revelation in the church. Right. You know? Well, let me let me push this towards even more practical application. So, if you mm-hmm. are an Anglican clergyman in the 21st century working in a church, what habits and rhythms um, could you mention, suggest? Um, what do you model? What, what, what do we, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for me on a Monday or a this week or this year? What, what, how then shall I live? Um, if this should be an important value for me as an Anglican clergyman, what, what are some of those things that, that jump out to you that you could mention or suggest? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think primarily, you know, Anglican theology and and Anglicanism more generally is so unique in that, as I mentioned, it doesn't have a set of dogmas as its kind of core. It doesn't have a particular theologian as its core, but it has, you know, of course, second to the scriptures has a prayer book as kind of, it's 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 heart, um, right. and, and as its unique source in in how it thinks, uh, and and the prayer book, which contains the thirty nine articles, uh, and so you know it strikes me that you know primarily, what I would say is that you know you know on a on a daily basis you know it's so important as an Anglican clergyman and and an Anglican layman, uh, all, you know all all of us doing theology, Anglican theology. Uh, to be rooted in, in the prayer book, right? And, and praying the divine office, um, you know, praying the daily office, uh, reading and studying and thinking about reflecting on the 39 articles. Um, and, uh, you know, more generally, placing oneself before God daily and, uh, in, 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 uh, you know, in, in, in allowing one's mind to be reconciled, right, uh, through Christ. Um, Right, and so that that daily daily submission to God in, in prayer, uh, in particular through through using you know the the the, the very Anglican uh, daily office um, is is integral, I think. But I, but I would add to that, Alan, mm-hmm. that you know it's it's important. You know, the, you know, Ang- Anglican thinkers, Anglican theologians have the great responsibility of studying really the best of the Reformation and, and the best of uh, the Catholic tradition, right? And so, you know, on the, on the one hand, you know, a Calvinist really needs to be, needs to dive deep into Calvin, right? And, and right. That's, that's, a, that's certainly a task in itself. Um, but, you know, a- Anglicans really need to study Calvin and they need to study Anselm, <laughs> Right, and you know they they need to study, and I you know we we could list a number there, but you know need to study the medieval tradition, the patristic tradition, the reformational tradition, as well as the distinctively Anglican tradition. You know, uh, beginning beginning we might say with with Hooker, although we could certainly uh, begin before that even. You know, but then you know running running right through the Caroline divines all the way through the Tractarians into the twentieth century. So all, all that to say. An Anglican clergyman has a long reading list because of the Via Media, but it's it's a noble it's a noble task that's very important. I think. Right, right. I tell you, one one of the things um, that I have is I have a few friends 
um, who are what I would describe as pastor theologians. And you, you are one of those friends. And one of the kind of you to say, <laughs> it's so helpful for me um, before, before we jumped into this podcast, um, there's a lot going on in the world right now with COVID and uh, racial tensions and riots. Yes. And, and we spent a lot of time just in our conversation. And I wanted to reflect, here's how I'm thinking about these situations theologically and to be able to discuss it with you, um, help me reshape and rethink and help me get to a greater depths of my understanding, you know, drew me back into, you know, a, a deep biblical way to think about, you know, repentance and reconciliation and a lot of these issues. And so for me, a habit of being willing to discuss. Now, when I'm ever discussing it with you guys, I always feel like, um, you know, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room, but <laughs> nevertheless, that habit, it, it helps me. And then often it, you guys can recommend like, here's a, here's a book or here's something uh, that you could look at or read or, or consider this. And, and that really sparks me. And when I don't have that um, community, um, if you will, it's harder for me to just as an individual create healthy habits and rhythms where I'm, you know, sort of growing in my theology, if that makes sense. And so I would just say it's really important that community aspect of it is important and not just, it's not just an individual sport. Yes. Yeah. That, that's an excellent point, Alan. Uh, theology is ultimately sort of, tethered to two places, I think, you know, in Anglican theology, not least. You know, we've got, on, on the one hand, as we've talked about, it's tethered to its main content, which is God's self-revelation in, in Jesus Christ. But equally so, it's tethered, you know, we might say that's sort of a, a vertical tethering. Uh, it's also tethered horizontally, um, you know, to, to church history and to, so conversations with the, theologians from throughout history, but, but equally so conversations with theologians today. Right, so it's a dialogical, conversational kind of approach, uh, as you as you so aptly put it. It's communal. Um, so all that to say, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and 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 you you know you mentioned sort of the you know application for today with with COVID and with the racial tensions. You know, it strikes me that that's really one of the greatest things that Anglican theology uh, you know can offer today. Um, is namely a, a, a Christ-centered way of thinking about all these things, right? Um, you know, t- talking about Christ in, in community uh, and all these issues. That's, that's really what theology, I think, ha- has to offer. That, that is to say, Angl- Anglican theology and Anglican theologians um, can say, you know, let's think theologically about these issues. Yeah. So when I have to preach again next Sunday and as I'm teaching classes and I'm in discussions with people over current affairs, what I realize is that my theology will come out, whether it's good or bad or off track. And so that there is an impetus for me to say, this is important for me to, um, I want to be, um, have oversight. I want to be evaluated in that. And I'm not talking formally like taking some tests, but but having a system and a community where that stuff. What what am I preaching? What am I teaching? And and where am I off track? And and I really I really want to know if I'm 
overstressing certain things or I'm leaving out points. And, and I think that's a mistake that we, we all fall into um, given left our own devices, if you will. And so uh, I'm really interested in having a community that helps one another and pushes one another in these areas um, because it, it, it is, it has a lasting effect on those who we shepherd our theology. It, it just simply does. And it comes out whether we want it to or not. That's an excellent point. And that, that's something that is so great about the living classroom and the living classroom podcasts that you're spearheading here, Alan, and, and the living classroom when, you know, we meet together uh, as the Anglican mission in October, it's so important to get together and, and, think theologically and again by theologically I'm, you know, I'm using this more than just the academic sense you know, um, but think theologically together about um, being Anglican being Christian uh, and, and sharing the gospel in the world today Amen Well Jason as our time comes to an end I, I simply want to say thank you um, I count you as a friend um, I'm looking forward to uh, doing life with you and to uh, has iron sharpens iron, um, growing in a deeper uh, sense of appreciation for Anglican theology, and um, and really a joy in pursuing it. So thank you. Thank you, Alan. It, it was a real honor uh, to be here today. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again next week in the Living Classroom. Thank you for joining us today in the Living Classroom. For more information about the Living Classroom community, please visit us at thelivingclassroom.org. Until next time, blessings.